Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beer Sportscast. I'm Perry Morgan's alongside my co-host, James Farley, and we have a great episode planned for you guys, so let's get to it. James, take it away. Thanks, Perry. With the start of the NBA season just getting going, we're going to be running down our awards and predictions for this upcoming NBA season at the MVP award spot, just kind of based off of their performances last year, how their role is going to possibly change or even increase this year for their respective teams, and what we've seen so far. That Those are the different aspects of their games that Perry and I are going to base our decisions off of. And for that MVP award, for me, it's going to go to Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. This guy, he's six foot eleven, one of, if not the fastest player in the entire NBA. He's developed a jump shot, which is just a scary thing to even think of watching basketball games. Just adding that to his repertoire of driving to the basket, dunking the ball home, dishing out, getting to the free throw line, all of those pieces to his game. He's an incredible defender. He's also almost just as worthy of a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, or that award, compared to the MVP award. So it's really kind of crazy to think of how talented of a player Giannis is and what he brings to this Milwaukee Bucks team. And at the end of the day, I'm winning the MVP award of this season. Yeah, James, Giannis is a great pick. Um, He finally got that NBA trophy with that phenomenal Game 6 performance. But I have to have Steph Curry here. I'm expecting a big bounce-back season from the Golden State Warriors, especially once Klay Thompson comes back. But until he comes back, we have to be realistic here. And even though Andrew Wiggins has had a good start of the season, Steph Curry is going to have to put the team on his back. 30-plus points a night, you know, five assists. He's going to have to do it consistently every single night. And at 33 years old, I think he can still do it. He's the best shooter the game has ever seen. He His range is unreal. He can score so many different ways that it's getting to a point where just defenders just do not know how to guard him. I think he's just a very likely a likely candidate to get the MVP award just because of the volume that he's going to get. But there are a ton of guys, you know, that could make a run at this award. Luka Doncic is one. Um, there are so many guys that can make a run at this award. That's definitely the case, Perry. And Steph Curry definitely brings a lot to that Warriors team. But another aspect of that winning culture in Golden State is Steve Kerr. And that's who I have winning the Coach of the Year award this year. Steve Kerr has really brought this Warriors team back into the winning category in this talented Western Conference. Throughout the conference, they have the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns, both Los Angeles teams with the Lakers and the Clippers, the Mavericks with Luka Doncic, as you said prior. This Western Conference is loaded with talented teams, and yet Golden State is right at the top of of those rankings so far this NBA season. I don't think it's going to slow down, especially with the addition of Klay Thompson. Steph Curry continuing to score the ball incredibly. Draymond Green plays lights out defense, passes the ball. Andrew Wiggins has been looking good as well. So at at the end of the day, this Warriors team is going to be able to compete in the Western Conference, which is something I was not expecting to say earlier prior to the start of the season. But Steve Kerr has done a phenomenal job, just as he always has done in Golden State. I think that Golden State is going to end up competing for a potential Western Conference final spot. And I think that's going to be seriously thanks to Steve Kerr. I've been winning coach of the year. Yeah, Steve Kerr's been one of the best coaches um, since he got that Golden State job. Just a phenomenal culture that he's created there. But I actually have another guy in the Western Conference winning this award. He was a finalist last year. I have Quinn Snyder from the Utah Jazz. I've heard a ton about the Lakers this offseason. I've heard a ton about the Warriors. But 
I haven't heard anything about the Utah Jazz all offseason. It seems like it's very quiet, very on the down low. This team had the league's best record last year. When you put that in perspective, and they're not getting any attention either. Nobody thinks they can do it again. Even the Phoenix Suns, who went to the Western Conference Finals, aren't getting any attention. But this Utah Jazz team is seriously really, really good. Donovan Mitchell's a superstar. Rudy Gobert's my pick for Defensive Player of the Year. But this Utah Jazz team, I have a feeling, is going to surprise a lot of people. So that's why I have Quinn Snyder winning Coach of the Year, and I have Rudy Gobert winning Defensive Player of the Year. Snyder and Gobert definitely are a good pair down there in Utah. Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, amongst others. That Jazz team's good. Watch out for them in the West. I also agree with you on Rudy Gobert winning that Defensive Player of the Year award. He's been averaging just over two blocks a game. The guy, the Frenchman in the paint, he just dominates the glass. He's able to stuff balls away. doesn't matter. He's just able to reject shots and lock down the other teams big throughout the game. I have Gobert winning Defensive Player of the Year. For Rookie of the Year, I mean, this is an incredibly talented rookie class, the best that I've seen in a long time. And I'm giving this Rookie of the Year award to Jalen Suggs of the Orlando Magic. He just has so much talent, Perry. It really, He really does. He has so much hard work he just he puts forth complete effort every single second he's on the court dives all over the floor he's an emotional leader as a rookie he already has some of the highest volume on the entire team and he's a rookie he's definitely developing the jump shot he's a little bit turnover prone but that comes with being drafted fifth overall out of a freshman year at Gonzaga so he's definitely to continue maturing continuing to grow in this NBA role but he can just pass the ball so well he has a great vision of the court. He lifts his teammates up at all times. I have Jalen Suggs win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, James, Jalen Suggs is definitely a great pick, but I think he's going to have to compete for touches with uh, Markel Fultz there, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Cole Anthony. I actually have Jalen Green from Houston winning this award. There's nobody on that roster that is going to be able to score like he can. Kevin Porter Jr., you can make the argument that he might be able to, but John Wall is not going is not with the team. So this is Jalen Green's team. To come in as a rookie, he's going to really need to step up. The players on the court are going to be looking for him every single play. He's the guy that you know, is going to make the difference for this Houston Rockets team if they even want to be semi-competitive this year. So I have Jalen Green winning Rookie of the Year. But now, James, so, you know, we're both big Celtics fans. Obviously, a really disappointing season for the Celtics last year. Could never really get in a groove. Um, won their play on, playing game, but then lost to the Brooklyn Nets in five games uh, in that first-round series. Obviously, that series is marked with the fan throwing the water bottle at Kyrie Irving as he left the stadium. But, James... The Celtics obviously need to improve this year, but how much? What constitutes a successful season for this team? Perry, I feel like it's just been, it's almost been painful as a Celtics fan over the past couple of years because it's always been, hey, you know what, let's get to the playoffs. Let's try and make the playoffs, get any seed from, you know, that 5 to 7 range, see what we can do, see where that takes us. And then they, as you said, they lost in the first round to the Brooklyn Nets. They were one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference two years ago. They fell to the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference. Excuse me. They fell to the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals after being the Toronto Raptors. They couldn't get by LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers when they had Isaiah Thomas in town. This Celtics team has never been able to quite get over the edge of the Eastern Conference Finals into the Finals. I don't think that's going to change for the Celtics team, unfortunately, this year. So at the end of the day, I think that a playoff appearance definitely does constitute a successful season for the Celtics. That being said, I think that's going to have to be very soon that they're going to be able to reach be reaching those finals with Ime Adoka in town because 
Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you're not guaranteed a extended period amount of time with these guys starring on your team because they could definitely request a trade. They could go various ways with their careers. And if they aren't winning in Boston, that's definitely a possibility. So I'm starting to get a little bit concerned because at the moment, Jalen Brown's 25, Jason Tatum, he's still 23, but they've been in town for a long time. They've tried to build around them for a long time. They had Isaiah Thomas way back when that didn't work out. They brought Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, two All-Stars the year before, brought them to Boston. That didn't work out. They then brought in All-Star starter and point guard Kemba Walker from Charlotte. That clearly didn't work out, and now we're here. So they're trying to build around Tatum and Brown, and that hasn't gotten them anywhere except in except playoff exits. So I know they're going to have to make a move soon, but at the end of the day for this season, Perry, I know the playoff appearance is a successful season for the Celtics. Yeah, James, I agree. I think they need to make it to the first round. Um, it's going to be very hard for them to get out of the playing game. I mean, I don't know if you're the same way that I am, but I have the Bucks at the Nets at the top of the East, and then you know there's a. I would even put the Hawks and the Heat as that next tier down, and then you've just got a hodgepodge of teams. You've got the Knicks, you've got the Bulls this year, you've also got the um, the Celtics, the Sixers. So there's a lot of teams that can make um, various moves. You could look at a team like the Bulls, who could just go on a run and could even capture a top two seed. So we'll see. But I think they need to make a first-round appearance because I think that the floor of this team is missing the playoffs. And I think it's actually more likely than you might think. For some reason, Jalen Brown not so much, but Jason Tatum for sure. It definitely seems like they're the Celtics believe that they're entitled to making it to the conference championship game. And they just don't take every team seriously. And it's just so frustrating to watch them play basketball. Marcus Smart is part of the reason why, too. It's just... It's just like they just sit there and they expect the ball to just bounce to them and their shots to go in. They don't hustle. They complain to the rest, and it's just so frustrating to watch. The ceiling for this team probably, I'm guessing, is a conference championship. Not the finals, but the uh, Eastern Conference finals. That's the ceiling. I don't think it's going to happen. I think at the most they're probably looking at a second-round appearance because I don't think they're being the Bucks or the Nets. But this team is just so frustrating you watch because they give off the sense that they're entitled to something that they actually have to work for. Perry, it definitely is aggravating, but I think that the addition of Ime Udoka as the coach is going to change that in years to come. He's definitely all over his players at the moment saying, you got to hustle, the effort is lacking, you've got to step it up. He, had, he benched Jason Tatum a couple of games ago. And if, after he complained to the refs again in a game against the Toronto Raptors, Toronto was able to just head on over down and finish a layup. So he went bench Jason Tatum and got in his face and was like, hey, you got to get back. That has never happened to Jason Tatum heading up to this point in his career. Brad Stevens never would have done this. But now with Brad Stevens in the general manager position and Udoka calling the shots on the bench for the Celtics, this is a completely new environment that he's bringing. He is bringing just hard work, hustle all over the place. And because of that, I think the Celtics are going to be competing every night. Whether that comes out with a win is what's concerning to me. But at the end of the day, this team has a lot of hard, like a lot of hard workers who put their heart and soul on the line in the games. You have Marcus Smart, who I know, Perry, you're not the biggest fan of him, but you can't take away. He does leave everything he has on the court. He's averaging 2.6 steals per game this year. 2.6. Let that sink in for a second. He just plays incredible defense, knocks the ball away. He dies on the floor at any given time. He's playing 37 minutes, and while he's only scoring 7.4 points, no, you're going to have a rebuttal for this, but he puts a lot on the floor. 
He's a good distributor, and he's just a real hard worker. Same case with Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum, we have seen signs of improvement, and I think that Udoka being on his like being on him saying, hey, you got to step up the effort. You can't be complaining to the refs every other possession you have. And that's going to change his frame of mind with playing. You have Al Horford, who's an emotional leader. Grant Williams, who's been a real surprise. He's averaging 10.6 points per game. He's looking good. He's developed a more consistent shot, which clearly was not the case last year. He's actually looking pretty good. And then you kind of file in with Robert Williams, Romeo Lankford, Peyton Pritchard, and Aaron Neesmith. So these guys, they're all fighters. They're going to be putting a lot on the line. But if they win, that's what's concerning to me. So I think that in order for them to win and reach that final stature, they need to make a move. And I don't think that this is the year they do that. But for me, that's an issue because can the Celtics really afford a bridge year to potentially go after a star such as a Bradley Beal, who Jason Tatum's close with, a Damian Lillard, bring him to Boston, or even a big-time center such as Carl Anthony Towns to add to that center depth. So I think that they're going to have to make a move. I just don't know if they can afford a bridge year at the moment, especially with Tatum and Jalen progressing in their careers and potentially saying, you know what, I can't win in Boston, so therefore I'm going to leave. James, they they haven't shown that they're working hard. You know, They didn't show that they're working hard against the Wizards. They lost to the Raptors. They got blown out. Um, they, they weren't really putting in their max effort. Al Horford called them out after their loss to the Wizards. He said, it just seems like we shouldn't have to question energy and effort, and we have to question it after every loss. So that's a thing you monitor. I want to go back to Marcus Smart real quick. My problem with Marcus Smart um, isn't his defense, but the problem is when he gets angry, he stops putting up. He starts putting up the worst shots I've ever seen of a basketball player. He's not Steph Curry. He doesn't know his role. His role should be the person. He just needs to be the facilitator, right? He needs to hit Jalen Brown. He needs to hit Jason Tatum. Hit Robert Williams on alley-oops. It can't be any of this, you know, hero ball that... I'm going to defend Marcus Smart here that the whole team plays, but he's a big victim of playing hero ball. But to get back to your bridge year point, James, this is certainly feeling like a bridge year. And they can't make any big trades until um, what seems like the trade deadline because then Dennis Schroeder can be traded. Marcus Smart can be traded. We've been talking about Bradley Beal for two years now. Um, I have no idea if it's going to happen, to be honest with you. But I want to put another name out there that um, has been in the news a lot lately. What about Ben Simmons? Um he won't be the worst fit here. When you think about it, you can even play him at center. He can play defense. He can pass the ball pretty well, and he will not shoot. We know how much he hates to shoot the ball. He will know his role is to come here, you know, drive to the paint, play defense, pass the ball. And look, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Sixers will trade um, their second-best player to a team in the same in the Atlantic division with them. Um, I think it would take a first Schroeder and maybe Pritchard to do it, which I would do in a heartbeat. Um, the first round pick hopefully is later in the first round. Schroeder's on a one-year deal. If you have to trade smart instead of Schroeder, sure, I'm, I'm down to trade smart. You have to trade one of Schroeder or smart. And Pritchard, as much as I love the guy, um, he's really good offensively, but he's never going to be a starting point guard. He just doesn't have the size or the quickness to defend. So you're really looking at Pritchard as kind of like a spark plug guy. We don't really need him on the roster. And if it's a, if it's in a Ben Simmons trade, which I don't think is all that likely, I think it's very possible that Pritchard is gone for Beal, for, for, um, for Simmons, or really for anyone by the trade deadline. 
Perry, I would really like a Ben Simmons edition here in Philly. This is actually in Boston, excuse me, from Philly. This has been something I've been thinking about too a little bit. I've been I've seen some rumors of that Ben Simmons could be a potential fit. I was my first thought was like, oh, I hate Ben Simmons. Always complaining to the refs. Always we always end up matching up with Philly in the playoffs. I just can't stand he and Embiid in Philly. But then I was thinking, like, this could work. As you said, he's a distributor. That's what we need. He's not going to be taking threes. That's exactly what we need. He could definitely be another young star that we could add to the Celtics team. And I I think that could definitely bring us up to that potential championship game comp, like contender in the East. We'd be able to compete with the Milwaukee Bucks because he brings such great defense to the table. We'd be able to compete with the, the Brooklyn Nets, who I don't think that that trio is going to stay in town for much longer. So I really would like a Ben Simmons deal. And as you said, I would be more than happy to trade any of the Peyton Pritchard's Dennis Schroeders, even like a Romeo Langford, uh, Josh Richardson, even an Aaron Nismith if it comes to that. You know what? Send him on over to Philadelphia, see what he, they can do with their career. I'm fine with that. Bring in Ben Simmons, see how that goes. But if that doesn't work with he, Tatum, and Jalen, then I think that at the end of the day, one of the two is going to have to move in Tatum and, or Jalen because we've just been building around them for such a long time that, and we haven't been able to go too deep in the playoffs, haven't been able to reach the finals that it might be time that Brad Stevens is like, you know what, this isn't working out, our experiment, we've tried for too long, I've seen what it's like to be, I know what it's like to be on the court during a game, and I've seen their chemistry, they play well together, but just if it, the fact is that we can't win, and therefore he could make a move to move one of them. So Jason and Jalen, they definitely have been playing well, and I think that it's going to have to become more of a, we can't just get an all-star game appearance out of you two. You have to bring a winning culture to the Celtics. So, Perry, what do you think the Jays need to do to bring that winning culture to Boston? James, they need to show more effort. Um, they need to buy any of the coach. I think he's a great coach. I think Ime Udoka is going to be great here. They need to buy any of the rest of the team. Um, they need to grow as pastors. They need to grow as leaders. Because, look, James, this Celtics team, right, isn't going to be competing for a championship this year. I have the Nets over the Jazz. In the finals, so then I don't even have the Celtics anywhere close to the finals. But if they can buy in to Ime Udoka, right? If they can buy into his mindset, then you're looking at maybe a successful season here, and then you go next year and a free agency, and people talk about the culture that they built and how Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are such a big part of that. Then that goes to such, then that's such a big difference because. At the end of the day, what you're going to need from this team right now is just buy-in consistently. They have to realize that winning games isn't everything. It is everything. In the, well, let me rephrase that. Winning games is ev everything, but to win games, you need buy-in. You can't play iso ball. If they buy into the system, this could lend itself to a bright future this year. So really, the goal for the Celtics this year, keep Jason Tatum happy, keep Jalen Brown happy, see if they can work together. And if they can't work, to, and if it's not going well, um, I believe the trade deadline's in around February. If if it's not going well, you know, before the All-Star break, then Brad Stevens need to, needs to start um, making calls, placing calls to other GMs, seeing what he can get for Jalen Brown because I think that they, sh they will keep Jason Tatum. If you can get Lillard for uh, Jalen Brown, I would do it. If you can get um, any of those guys... For Jalen Brown, there was a rumored Kawhi Leonard for Jalen Brown trade on the table before Kawhi got traded to the Raptors. 
Um, that is definitely something you monitor, but they have to show something by the All-Star break for me, and they just need to show that they actually care about basketball. That's definitely the case, Barry, and Ime Udoka's been pushing that on the Celtics, and Udoka, he's definitely a real, like, grit-and-grind kind of coach. He's like, all, defensive mentality is huge for him, and he's really been on the Celtics players so far. He, after Jalen Brown's lackluster start to the season, he's been inconsistent. He had an incredible performance by having a career-high 44 points, 46 points, I believe it was, in the opening game against the New York Knicks, which they lost to in double overtime, but... After this inconsistent start in a press conference, he said that it's mind-boggling that how Jalen's been playing. It has not been good. So I think that while he's on Jalen, doing this is a good thing for them because, as you said, we've got to keep the Celtics happy. We got to keep Jalen and Tatum happy if we want to keep let him like have him stay in town. But if your coach is saying you aren't playing well, like to the media, making known that your performances have been mind-boggling. In Tatum's case, if he hasn't really been benched, we haven't really seen him like get scolded during a game in a game time situation. And then Udoka goes and benches him. Doing this is a good thing for the Celtics and saying like pushing into their minds that you've got to step up the hard work. You have really got to bring everything you can to the Celtics team in order for us to win. Or do you think this is just a matter of another thing where Jalen and Tatum could, or in the other plays on the Celtics, might not take Udoka as seriously? potentially lead to a split from Tatum and Jalen in Boston. James, I think it's phenomenal if um, Udoka is coaching them. Look, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both endorse Udoka for the job. I mean, you said earlier in the discussion, right? You said it's been the same old, let's try and make the playoffs, see where that takes us. That's not going to work anymore. At the end of the day, you have to go and try and win championships. That's how it. That That's how the NBA works. That's how you make your money. So at the end of the day, I think that Udoka scolding them because Udoka was with the Spurs. They really did a very good job, um, you know, winning for when Popovich was there and Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. He knows what it's take to win, and this Celtics team needs to recognize that he knows what's going to get him to the top of the NBA, and they just need to buy into him. I, I'm going to keep repeating the phrase. It's going to sound really annoying, but it's the truth. Um, they need to realize that there's a difference between doing something in the playoffs and winning a championship, and I think that Udoka can bring them to the next level, and I think kind of that scolding talking to um, really is going to help this team. I totally agree with you, Perry. I am a big fan of Vima Udoka. I think he's going to bring that winning culture to the Celtics. It's just a matter of when that's going to happen. Perry, I have a question for you. What do you think is the best five-man rotation or five-man line of the Celtics team can put out on the floor to win a game. Just doesn't even have to be a starting live, just to win a game in crunch time. Who are the best five guys you can put out on the floor to get a dub? Um, for me, I'm putting Jalen Brown out there, Tatum, obviously. Um, I would put Robert Williams out there as well. I put Schroeder out there, and I mean, I think I have to put Smart out there because of his defensive prowess in a in a game where you need to make a run, I would maybe put Neesmith out there instead of Smart or Neesmith out there instead of Schroeder because Schroeder, they're both not great offensively. But, you know, if you're doing the best five lineup that you can do with this team, I think it has to be Smart, Schroeder, Brown, Tatum, uh, Rob Williams, where you are, where where the Celtics are right now. Barry, I agree with you on four of those five guys. I'm actually taking out Dennis Schroeder. 
and adding in Al Horford just to add that another big body out on the floor. Great defense. He also can space the floor. He doesn't have to be in the paint. Like last year, when we had a double big starting lineup with Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson, both those guys needed to be in the paint. Tristan Thompson only shot in the paint. And honestly, that was almost the same case with Daniel Tice. He started to evolve a jump shot later on in his time as Boston, but he never really became a true big that could move outside the three-point line. Al Horford, he can if he has to. He's going to listen to exactly what Ime Udoka says. If he has to be the guy that even brings the ball up the court and then distributes as a big, he's going to do that. If he has to work down low, set picks, head out to the corner to hit a big-time three, he's going to do exactly that. So I want Al on the floor. And then I agree with you. I have Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Tatum, and Jalen. Honestly, I think that Dennis Schroeder is a good player, but in crunch time, I just feel like the decision-making hasn't been great for him so far. It's been a lot of ISO dribbling, trying to beat the guy after dribble, and he's fast. That's been working for him so far, so keep doing it. But when it comes to crunch time where we need a basket, I don't think we can have all that dribbling, so i take out Schroeder, throw an Al, and I would go with that lineup. That's all we have for you guys today. Definitely hoping that the Celtics are able to get bring that winning culture to Boston. We're so used to it as Boston sports fans with the Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, and Bruins, but it's about time that the Celtics really get going and bring some winning back to the TD Garden. So we're going to have to see how that goes. But guys, definitely check us out on our website, www.fromballparksandbuzzerbeers.com. You can get us in touch on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you you have. Get in touch with us. Send us an email. We will get definitely get back to you if you want to be on the podcast. Any segment ideas, let us know. But that is all we have for you guys today with this episode. I'm James Farley signing out alongside my co-host Perry Martinez with the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beer Sportscast. Have a good one, everybody.